Hi everyone and welcome to what we are calling our holiday special episode of Traffic Jam. It's Georgia and I am here with the one and only Isabel. Hi everybody and happy holidays. This is going to be our last episode of 2023 and we will be releasing an episode on January 1st, 2024. Uh, hopefully, you will give us a listen uh, while you are recovering from all of the holiday fun. Because we have a special episode for you. You're not going to want to miss it. Whether you eat too many cookies or you drink too much champagne, we will be here to help you with your recovery process. This probably has to be, like, one of my favorite times of year, like, around Christmas. I have to admit, I have our Christmas tree uh, laying on the living room floor. I was going to put it up since it's December. Um, and my boyfriend said that it's still too early. And so now I just have a Christmas tree laying on the living room floor, not put up because I have nowhere to store it. So I'm like, well, it's going to lay right here. So. So the inconvenience is he has to walk over it because he won't let it go up. Exactly. I don't know when, but uh, apparently not yet. See, I'm on that train though. I'm a last minute decider like okay I guess now is a good time we're two weeks into December this is this is good you know and that's fair I just love the Christmas decorations and the traditions and all the fun do you have any fun traditions that you guys do I know you talked a little bit about your Thanksgiving traditions so we cook for Christmas Eve my mom cooks a huge dinner at our house and it's another Big deal, a lot of stress leading up to it. But once everybody sits down, it's a great time. But my mom's heritage is Polish and Russian. So she makes traditional, some traditional Polish and Russian foods. And one of them is homemade pierogies. Did we ever try pierogies at the baseball game when we both lived in Pittsburgh? No, I don't think think we we did. did. We talked about it. Yeah, you told me all about pierogies and how they have this pierogi stand um, when we go to the Pirates game. But I don't think we ever actually, all the Pirates games that we went to, I don't think I we ever tried it. No, and now I'm really mad because you can't even appreciate why I'm saying like homemade is so good. Yeah, no. Oh my gosh. That's unfortunate. So I'll have to ship you some when we make them. All right. So we got homemade pierogies. What else? Um, the family comes over and it's this big ordeal. I'm trying to think. There's other foods. Um, the progies are kind of the main event there because we don't eat meat on Christmas Eve. Um, Why don't you eat meat on Christmas Eve? It's tradition. Like we're, um, we're Catholic, so you don't eat meat on Christmas Eve. But I've never heard that before. Oh, so yeah, we don't eat meat on Christmas Eve because it's apparently wrong. So we eat pierogies, some vegetables, soups, and my dad's side of the family is Italian. So Italians do a feast of the seven fishes. And there's also a bunch of seafood dishes, but I don't eat fish or anything that swims. So I don't partake in that. I eat pierogies and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I don't like fish. I don't like the smell of it. I don't wa- like the way it looks. I don't like the concept. I won't eat it. Wow, you are missing out. Let me just say. I wish I liked it because I know it's really good for you, but I, I can't do it. 
Interesting. And people have tried to make me eat it and try to get me to try it, and I just, I won't. A little stubborn, I see. Well, that's fine. Uh, you got the pierogies, so we're all good. I'll say, so my family is Norwegian, and so Christmas Eve is like when you celebrate everything. Okay. And so we do our like uh, Norwegian meal on Christmas Eve, and then we'll do like also like an Italian meal on like Christmas. Sometimes we flip them when we do it because my grandma's Italian. And when I say Italian, we do pizza. Uh, but the <laughs> tradition, like what you eat in Norway is like you eat ham and things like that, but we don't eat pork. So we do lamb instead. It's our little substitute, but our like fun tradition. And I know a lot of European countries do something like this. Santa Claus actually like comes to your house on Christmas Eve and gives you presents. And so growing up, my parents would have like somebody that they know dressed up as Santa Claus and like bring us our presents on Christmas Eve. And eventually, though, like, as we got older, and I'm pretty sure this is like a psychology uh, concept that, you know, when you're younger, you like, take whatever you see as reality. But eventually, as we got older, we started to recognize the people who were dressing up. And so we figured out, we're like, uh, Mom, is Santa Claus not real? <laughs> because we're like, that was our pastor's like son who came to our house. <laughs> Or it was like the neighbor one year. So we kind of eventually figured it out. But we thought it was such a fun tradition that even after like me and all of my sisters eventually like, you know, learned that Santa Claus wasn't real, we would have like my dad dress up. And then eventually I actually started being um, the Santa Claus for a few years. And then uh, last year, my youngest sister decided she wanted to uh, give it a try. And let me tell you. She put on quite the performance. And she really sensualized Santa Claus. <laughs> she was like taking pillows like and like her like the butt area of the pants and like twerking and like being all <laughs> she went all out. It was it was something. So I don't think she's gonna be allowed to do it again. Oh my goodness. That's a really fun tradition. Like, I love that. But in my family, Santa comes, you know, while everybody's asleep. So when you wake up, you go see the tree and it has all the presents underneath it. We do have stockings in my house. So sometimes there's a little something in everybody's stocking. And then, you know, we sit around, open the gifts, and then we eat breakfast. And I don't want to say it's over at that point. We'll have like a nice lunch and then it kind of feels like it's over. Everybody just hangs out for the day. So Christmas Eve is like our big party. And then Christmas Day is like a little like, all right, this is the cherry on top. Exactly. You kind of have a little extra fun and then it's all like wrapped up. Exactly. And then you're just watching um, a Christmas story over and over and over again. I've never seen that movie actually. So I don't know how you have it. I don't either. Everybody talks about it. Like, it's super. I know. I need to see it. It plays for 24 <laughs> hours on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Are we surprised, though, that I haven't seen? When have I seen a movie that you've referenced on this podcast? That's true. This is this is our trend. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, everybody, this is a great time of year. We hope that you are having, you know, great celebration, baking, visiting with friends, family, all whatever it is that you guys do. Um, this time of year. We talk about human trafficking on this podcast. And so 
today what we want to do is actually talk about some of the risks uh, associated with you know safety and human trafficking around the holidays and also um, give pointers on you know while you're out and about this season what are some things to look out for and be vigilant for um, because everybody's just out more this time of year so we are very excited for today's episode we hope you enjoy send it to your friends and family uh, like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media as we said this is our holiday special episode we know the topics we discuss on this podcast aren't so holly jolly and we want to keep up with our awareness theme here so let's get into how human trafficking and awareness relates to this time of the year we're not trying to scare anybody, you know, when we talk about this, but we do want to, you know, perk a few ears and just raise the awareness, alertness this holiday season. Now, there is not any really like hard data on human trafficking during the holiday season, like specifically, but in our researching for this episode, we did find uh, multiple news articles uh, from law enforcement officials warning of increased trafficking during uh, this season. With that being said, we are going to discuss what can make the holiday season so enticing for traffickers to act during this time. Unfortunately, traffickers do not take breaks on the holidays like many of us do to relax and enjoy time with the people that we love. Instead, traffickers seek to take advantage of the opportunities they have this time of the year. Let's start with all of the chaos that surrounds the holiday season for most people. Uh, one of the most stressful aspects about the holiday is, you know, the preparation that goes into them. The shopping, the cooking, the gifts, and the different traditions that people participate in. I'm picturing the heavy traffic outside of the malls and the shopping centers and the crowds that are all tucked inside. Whether it's the mall jam-packed with people looking for their last-minute presents or ugly Christmas sweaters, or even the grocery store that's slammed with all the at-home cooks and bakers who didn't realize they were out of vanilla extract and they have to make Santa's cookies. It's the scene of every classic Christmas movie. Everybody rushing around in a panic and so focused on everything that needs to get done so they can get out of there and get home to move through their to-do list. So picture these large crowds where people are only focused on themselves and what they need to go by and what they need to do. If there is a trafficker camping out in the right spot, they can use this holiday chaos to take advantage of a vulnerable person. They may coerce a child away from their busy parents or offer jobs to young people to earn some extra cash during the season. We have said over and over that most trafficking, especially trafficking in the U.S., is by someone that knows the victim. But this doesn't mean that stranger coercions and stranger abductions can't happen, especially when people are vulnerable. And I think it's very easy to become vulnerable during this time of year if you're stressing about money um, and gift giving, or just the general stress of the holidays, and you let your guard down for like a split second. Traffickers can look for those opportunities and take advantage of them when they can. And so, you know, our first big talking point that we want to discuss is the vulnerability surrounding like the mall scene or, you know, the shopping. Now, during the holidays, kids are out of school and, you know, you'll often see, like, large groups of kids that are out hanging around the mall all of a sudden. And that's an opportunity for traffickers. Um, sometimes they're just out with their friends. There's no parents around. 
Um, or parents are taking their kids with them at the mall to, you know, pick out gifts, try on clothes, etc. And, you know, if they walk off for a second, again, that's what traffickers are looking for. Now, I don't know if this was a trafficking situation, but I have a little mall story uh, to share and a little PSA announcement for the end of it. But when I was like younger, a lot of my friends, they were older than I was. And so my mom felt comfortable with me going out with them because like, they were older. Now, I think like this time we were like in middle school, me and one girl that I was friends with, we went to the mall together. And you know how when you're in the mall, I mean, I know every, they're all like organized differently, but there's like usually like some big like center space where there's like chairs and like a fountain, maybe a little pop-up shops, things like that. And then there's like all these different hallways, like north, south, east, and west that have all the different shops. So I can't particularly say that my hometown area has one because it's basically one strip and it's you walk down and back in maybe 10 minutes or less. It's very small, but I have been to malls like you're describing. Right. So, okay, this is like that. And we were, let's say, walking from like the north end to the south end. And Mm -hmm. so we were passing that like big like center space where people are kind of just like socializing or looking at little pop-up shops and we walked past this man and as soon as we walked past him he started walking like right behind us and we're walking you know he's still following us and we can see you know he's looking at us and we kind of we get a little nervous we're like okay something feels wrong you can just tell um and you know he still continues to follow us down this hallway not going into any of the stores and so we're like okay we need to figure out if we're in danger so you know our you know 11 year old brains uh see victoria's secret is coming up so we're like we're gonna walk into victoria's secret and if we get followed in there we know we're screwed we're like there's no way he'd follow us into that store so we walk in um and as soon as we walk into the store he turns around and goes right back to um, where he was standing when we had passed him and he started uh, following. And so that was like a huge concern for us um, in that if he we weren't being followed, he probably would have kept walking straight. Right. See, if that happened to me and I was in that situation, I think I would have done the same thing at that age. Like, um, a man's not going to go into an underwear store by themselves, so let's go in there. And well, it worked out for you guys. Well, it did. And I mean, we really had no idea what to do. And we were so nervous. And what I would say now to somebody in that situation, you know, any adults who, you know, your kids are going to, you know, out in public to stores by themselves. You know, we should have informed one of the, you know, mall cops that are always walking around. We should have told somebody at, you know, who worked at a store at one of the registers about this like suspicious activity we should report it but we had no clue what to do and so please you know parents make sure you stress to your kids you know what to do if they are in this situation um another thing too though like our strategy was effective in that we walked into a crowded area um and as opposed to you know what sometimes happens is if you walk down an empty like alleyway of a mall 
you become all of a sudden much more vulnerable because nobody's there to see anything that happens to you. So instead of, you know, you want to make sure that you're vigilant and you find a crowded area to keep yourself safe in. And at that age, we can't expect anybody to really understand what could have happened or even to be paying attention. Like, it's very impressive, I want to say, that you two were paying attention and you realized this man was just following you down the mall pathway, hallway, whatever you want to call it. And you were saying, okay, you see this too, right? Yeah. What do we do? Okay. Let's make a plan. Like, it's very good that you guys utilized your little buddy system. It's not, maybe not the best idea, but it worked out. And even though you didn't report it after, now we could tell people if that happens, one, hopefully you're always paying attention. And two, definitely go report it. You can report it. Well, I think to what you mentioned, you know, the buddy system, I think that's huge. So my mom, she, you know, this was several years ago. She had a really close friend um, who had a daughter and her and her daughter were at the mall shopping and her daughter went into the bathroom and the mom, she waited a little ways outside and, you know, she's kind of looking around and she's just, like surprised her daughter hasn't come out yet. So she's like looking very vigilant and all of a sudden she sees her daughter walking down the hallway with um, a woman uh, linked to her arm. So, you know, she's very concerned and she calls out her daughter's name. And this, like, unidentified woman, like, turns around and looks, drops the girl, and runs away. Turns out the daughter had been drugged in the bathroom. And this woman was, like, walking out with her. And so, fortunately, the mom, you know, even though she wasn't in the bathroom with her, she was very vigilant to the situation, was standing, you know, close by and watching for her. But that buddy system is so important. That story is so, like, stomach turning. I can't imagine if her mom maybe just went to wait for her in the car or, you know, went into Macy's to go shop while the daughter was there and said, you know, meet me in the bag section. That's terrifying to think about. And it's also unique in the situation because it was a a woman. Nobody ever thinks that a suspect is going to be a woman, but it was. And she was linked arms with her. Maybe Strangers would figure, oh, that must be that a mom and her daughter. Maybe she's sick. She needs to go take her home. She was sick or whatever. The fact that her mom called out her name saved her life, (laughs) basically. Yeah, like women uh, perpetrators are so underestimated. Um, But they do. They have that advantage of, you know, watching the bathrooms for potential victims. Thank God she's okay because that's sickening that's just so scary absolutely so what else comes up during the holiday season traveling i have traveled during the holidays once and i remember the airports being as busy as i had ever seen them which is another prime scenario for traffickers to exploit vulnerable targets that get lost in the crowd or are maybe traveling alone yeah this is actually like my first time like traveling uh at the airport uh, for Christmas. So I'm a little nervous to see how that goes. I feel like I can't do my normal one hour before before boarding. Probably not. Um, that would be a little risky, but I'm always a early, early is better than 
being late, so I would stretch it and be a little dramatic during this time of the year. I will. I'll arrive. I'll give myself like two and a half hours. There you go. I'd say two, but maybe maybe two and a half is a good idea. I know. Well, we'll see. We have a really, it's like a really late flight, like 10 p.m. So I'm hoping it's not too bad. But I mean, just in general, around this time, a lot of people are traveling. Um, the airports are going to be especially busy. And, you know, people are stressed, trying to listen to the public announcements uh, on the speakers. They're like walking around looking for their gate keeping track of all their luggage, you know, their kids if they have. And so it wouldn't seem like super out of place to see a young woman or girl traveling alone and nervous. And that is exactly what traffickers are counting on. Many trafficked persons are lured to other cities or countries online, again with promises of lucrative jobs. They are also often given quote-unquote cover stories by the traffickers to explain their travel to customs agents or other officials. Of course, traffickers also use intimidation tactics, such as threatening to harm their families back home to keep their victims from revealing the situation to any officials. So I was just in Disney not that long ago, and I know you always see it in airports a lot of times. There are signs to help raise awareness on human trafficking encouraging people to be vigilant, what to look out for. And I had seen a sign at the Florida airport when we had arrived in the bathroom stall that I had never seen before, and I thought it was really interesting, and I wanted to share it. But it was um, what to look for. Like, if you see somebody doing this sign, it means that they are in a trafficking situation. And it was essentially the two uh, sign language motions for H and then T, for those of you who don't follow our Instagram page, we're now doing um, more like video reels. And so we'll actually put in a video reel of what uh, the hand signal is. That way you can all go watch it and be aware. And I want to add that another sign language that I've actually seen on TikTok, great source of public information. I get so much of my news from there. so <laughs> We all do and it's terrible. But... A woman was doing, like, she had her hand up, all five fingers, and she tucked her thumb in, like she was holding up a four, and she put all of her fingers around it. And she did that to, like, security cameras at maybe a shopping center or something. It was her and a man. She looked at the cameras and did that little motion, kind of like a wave, and somebody picked up on it, and they basically distracted this guy by trying to sell him something or look at a jacket. And another woman escorted that lady out of the store and it kind of saved her from a possible trafficking situation. So if you see fingers closing around a thumb, we'll also put this on the Instagram. That could also mean I'm being captured maybe is what I'm thinking, or this isn't me. This isn't my choice. Wow. That is so good to be aware of um, because, you know, we have even mentioned before, too, that not everybody in a trafficking situation, let's, you know, keep up with the example of the airport. Not everybody is going to signal for help, either because maybe they're under some kind of intimidation, they're worried, you know, or they've been kind of, uh, they've been brought to believe that they can't trust other people, law enforcement, the other people are out to hurt them. 
So if somebody actually is signaling for help, people need to be vigilant and uh, find a solution in order to get that person free from the person who is holding them captive. Um, Because that's a huge step. Not everybody, you know, takes that step and does something like that. Right. It's always important to watch out for yourself and whoever you're with, but it's another thing to notice somebody else who's in danger. So I found um, some different uh, signals of things to look out for when you're at an airport that might suggest that somebody is being trafficked. And I got these from Anti-Trafficking International. Um, And again, if you see these, it does not necessarily mean that that person is for sure being trafficked, but these signs might suggest, and especially if you see several of these signs um, together, might suggest that somebody is being trafficked um, and uh, something should be said to an authority. Uh, the first thing on here is clothing. Wearing the wrong size clothing or something that's not appropriate for the weather or they're dre- like not dressed as well as the companion that they're with. Or if it's a younger victim, they're dressed in a more like sexualized way. Clothing is a huge thing to pay attention for. A second thing is going to be any kind of like special tattoos. Uh, this can be a little bit harder to spot, but it is possible. Uh, sometimes uh, victims are tattooed uh, with a male's name or like property of or daddy. So that's always something to look out for, especially, you know, around the neck and the shoulders. Additionally, appearance. Victims may show signs of physical harm, like bruises, or they might appear malnourished. Uh, Four is fuzzy destination and travel details. So maybe there's a young girl who has been given a ticket to this quote-unquote modeling job, but she doesn't really know where she's going to meet somebody for this job. Uh, Traffickers often are not going to tell the victims a lot of details of the trip, That way they can maintain control. So the traveler might not know exactly what airport they're in or where they're headed or any of their own flight details. That is definitely super suspicious, especially with tickets on our cell phones anymore. Everybody pretty much knows exactly where they're going and exactly where they're at at all times. So that's a really good one to keep an eye out for, especially if you work in the airline industry. Absolutely. And another one that is kind of similarly related is inconsistent story. So a victim might be coached on what to say in public if they're asked questions. You know, a lot of times like flight attendants will ask kids that they see questions about where they're going, who they're visiting. Um, And so sometimes victims, because it's not necessarily the truth and it's something they're coached on, might sound too scripted um, or not scripted enough to avoid detection, but they're messing up their story, um, giving different answers, things like that. Another one is if they're traveling with a controlling companion. Victims are sometimes followed or guarded in uh, during their travel to ensure that they don't ask authorities for help or try to escape. So you want to keep an eye out for a companion who is much more confident, uh, doesn't seem to be their friend, speaks on behalf of the victim, and controls how the victim can move. And no, this is not the mom that's in a rush to board her flight and is dragging the kid because the kid wanted to buy a lollipop. This is a little more nuanced. Exactly. It's 
it's the, you know, telling them what store they can go into if they can, what bathrooms to use, uh, you know, where to sit on the flight, who they can and can't talk to, things like that. Uh, another one is fears conversation. So a lot of times traffickers are going to use that fear intimidation to prevent victims from interacting with the public. Again, which is why a lot of times they might not actually seek help. Uh, but victim, so victims, you know, they might avoid speaking altogether. They might seem very nervous. Uh, try not to, um, instead of talking to the person asking a question, gear towards just engaging in conversation with the person they're traveling with. Um, and they also might uh, avoid eye contact or lie about their names. And the last one that I want to bring up is fears uniform security. Uh, victims' identification may have been taken by their trafficker um, or might not want their immigration status revealed. So trafficking victims often have a fear of security or uh, police uh, questioning them. And so they're going to be very uncomfortable when in close proximity. Isabel, thank you so much for sharing those. I hope everybody listening remembers at least this part of the episode, especially if you're traveling this year. And please share it with your friends and family who also may be traveling this year. Yes. And if you see any of, you know, these signs, you have any kind of concern, you might be thinking, well, what do I do about it in that case? And again, this same article gives um, some advice. First, you know, tell a trained professional TSA uh, agent, security guard, a flight attendant, what you noticed. Uh, you know, don't necessarily try and be the hero and try to directly, you know, perform a rescue. Go to somebody who's trained. You can try and snap a photo uh, of the possible victim and trafficker and show that to law enforcement. That can be very helpful. Um, write down any kind of description of the victim and the trafficker, what you see, call the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And again, we will link that in our episode description. And the last one that I'm going to say is to spread this knowledge that you've learned to other people so they know what to look out for and they know what to do about it. Yes, and remember, when you're traveling, you probably have a smartphone or a tablet or something with a camera device on it. So if you don't think you're going to be able to write down everything or remember everything about a person or a situation, snap a picture, take a video. It's really not going to do any harm to be vigilant and take notice to report it to somebody. And you know what? If you're wrong, that's okay too. Sometimes people, people might be worried that, well, if I report something and it's not true, maybe I just cause problems. But sometimes that's a risk we need to take for the safety of these children who are being trafficked. It's okay if you're wrong. Still say something if you have any uh, suspicion of uh, trafficking activity. Let's get into the actual holidays themselves. If you're fortunate enough to spend it with large groups of people, you know, whether it be family or friends, it's another easy time to let your guard down, relax. That's what the holidays are for most of us. They are for spending time with family, uh, people you care about, and not worrying about anything, hopefully. Which is funny because we're all so worried about the holidays until 
it's the holidays. Exactly. Like, all this prep work for, you know, the one or two days. Right. Um, and, and, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but when we relax, we let our guard down, we forget that bad things can still happen. And I think it's worth mentioning, especially if there is a group of, you know, parents with children, parents can let their guard down based on the fact that there are other parents present, so someone must be keeping an eye on the kids. And this is completely normal. Just from being around people with kids, you know, someone is always watching them, whether it's the mom and dad, the grandparents, or the friends of the parents. It's probably actually the only time that parents even get to relax, especially when they have a small kid, because they know some adults have their backs and will keep an eye on their kid if they want to take a break to sit down to have a drink or even eat a meal without being interrupted. Exactly. Like parents... 100% deserve this, especially with all the prep work they do around the holidays to make it special for their kids. Um, But And so again, in saying all this, we just want to point out something that sometimes maybe people, it's not completely cognizant in people's minds, um, but want to definitely perk that interest. Um, You know, nobody wants to think about something bad happening to them or somebody that they care about. Um, it's not fun and is most definitely not, you know, what we want to be thinking about uh, during the holiday. You know, that's, you know, this is supposed to be one of the happiest times of the year. We are such Grinches stealing away all the holiday joy during this episode. Sorry, everybody. The Grinch is actually my favorite Christmas movie and I have Grinch pajamas. But that's kind of our job here is to have these conversations and maybe ruin the holidays just a little bit. I would say we should lighten the mood right now, but human trafficking is very important to talk about during the holiday because we tend to be, you know, in more crowded areas. um, And we might also have the chance to see something and report it if we stay vigilant. Like traffickers hide their victims in plain sight. So if you see something suspicious, say something. We've talked about all these concerns related to the mall and to traveling, you know, and how people can be more vulnerable around the holidays. But at the same time, we're all out and about more doing shopping and running errands. So these are all chances that we can be seeing something as well if we stay alert. And so that's why we really want to have this conversation as well is because we all have the chance to potentially do something about it. Yes, and that's also important to keep in mind. We have to stay vigilant even in our own homes and homes of family and friends, unfortunately. And We are going to discuss a little bit about different types of abuse that could happen at home that may be increased during the holidays. And the first thing, the first big thing to talk about is the increased risk of abuse at home. So during the holidays, we are all home more often. You have more days off from work, or maybe you take them off and kids are typically home because they have the days off from school. And all of these factors can play a part in the increased risk of abuse at home. For those in abusive relationships, spending so much more time in the home during the holidays can increase the likelihood of abuse just because you're around your abuser for longer periods of time. At the same time, too, and I know we kind of said a little bit about this in the beginning, there's a lot of pressure to, you know, provide gifts for your children around the holidays as well. And parents can be tempted to pimp out their significant other or their children for extra cash during the holidays. 
um, a 2020 paper titled Parents as Pimps, Survivor Accounts of Trafficking of Children in the United States found that up to 44% of trafficking survivors in a review of 100 articles from 2012 to 2018 were trafficked by a family member, usually the parents and most often the mother. I was going to say, and that goes back to the story you had told earlier about how nobody really ever expects the women and nobody expects the mother, but this paper found that in most of these cases, it was the mother if parents were involved. Exactly. Um, and then in terms of, you know, parents uh, pimping out their partners, 39% of survivors in 2020 were recruited by an intimate partner or a, or a marriage proposition. Uh, other family members abusing children, 42% of trafficking survivors in 2020 were trafficked by a family member, somebody other than their parents. And again, we don't want to make people scared or feel as if they can't trust anybody. But when we talk about human trafficking and specifically trafficking within the United States, we do know that here specifically, it is usually somebody, you know, stranger abductions do happen, but in the United States, it is often somebody that we know, whether it be family, friends, partners, neighbors, etc. Another thing, when we are talking about abuse happening in the home, we could also talk about exploitation that happens in the home. So we know that children are off of school more during the holidays, and they, if they're not outside with their friends or hanging out with their family, there's a very good chance they are on an, a phone or a tablet or on a computer, and they are granted access to the internet and not everybody has safety mechanisms or child locks on these devices. So children can get in touch with people all over the world. And what that means, people all over the world can get in touch with that child. While we don't think about it, we can most certainly do an entire episode on this in general. But for now, it's important to draw attention to the fact that children are approached online all the time by predators. And if they're online and they are speaking with strangers or strangers are speaking to them, they can be exploited through their phone screen. I think the statistics on this are, you know, like one out of nine children are approached online by a predator. All right. So I think the big takeaways up until this point are around the holiday, there is a unique increased risk of human trafficking because kids are out of school. They're spending a lot of time, you know, out in public in the malls places, you know, where predators can easily be watching for children. Um, it's very busy. It's very easy to get distracted. Um, as well as there's the travel aspect um, that also presents an increased risk because there are a lot more people there. It's easier for traffickers to hide their victims in airports. And then finally, uh, abuse in the home. People are spending more time in the home usually around the holidays. And so for people in abusive situations, their risk increases. Um, and again, uh, one of the most likely, uh, perpetrators are family members. And so this all kind of increases that risk around the holidays. A uh, final concern that I wanted to bring up is that, um, and this is really important, I think for all of us to keep in mind is that around the holidays, there are oftentimes less services available to victims uh, who are in a trafficking situation. 
And this is because welfare facilities and hotlines might be closed during the holidays, uh, making the resources less available to them. And I don't know if there's anything that we can necessarily do about that situation unless we were to spot or suspect a trafficking situation while we are out and about. Um, but that is something to kind of just know and keep in mind. Maybe will help you stay more vigilant is that you may be able to help somebody. So while you are all enjoying the holidays with your families, with your friends, trying not to stress too much about getting those last minute Christmas gifts or making sure the cookies are just right. We want you to keep all of these things in mind and have these open conversations while staying as in, in the Christmas spirit as you can. It doesn't hurt to be vigilant and be alert and especially to watch out for one another. And so on that note, actually, I have a blog here from uh, Dressember, and it's on 10 Christmas uh, gifts that help fight human trafficking. And I thought I'd share some of these in case, you know, you are looking for uh, meaningful gifts to give people um, that do have like a strong purpose behind them. And uh, we'll also put this in our episode description as well so you can take a look. But what the first thing on here is uh, a subscription to Darling Magazine. Uh, each issue is filled with honest and empowering stories from real women. Uh, it's a beautiful quarterly magazine built on the foundation of empowering with a no retouching policy. Uh, another idea is Citizens and Darling uh, for the freedom fighting men and women and kids in your life. Check out uh, their ethically made clothes focused on restoring positive identity to survivors. There's also some ideas for different um, like homemade uh, organic uh, body products from Thistle Farms. Um, and this here uh, teaches business skills to residents and graduates. Uh, of their survivor program, uh, which is really cool. So there are a lot of uh, great ideas on here, uh, very meaningful. So definitely go ahead and check that out. And you could also check out our Etsy shop because all of the proceeds will go to Moms and Security Global Outreach. There is Traffic Jam merch on there. There's Moms and Security merch on there. And everything gets donated to a great cause for the fight against human trafficking. Yes, definitely check that out. Uh, we we got to mention it. Um, and if you do order anything, post a picture and uh, send it to us through our Instagram page because we would love to see it. Yes, we would. It's cold out there and we have hoodies. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> for this time of year. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, we really enjoyed getting to share some of, you know, our favorite Christmas traditions, uh, what we like to do around this time of year, as well as, you know, hopefully giving some uh, encouraging feedback on how to stay vigilant this time of year and what to look out for. Now, I don't mean to be that guy, but we'll see you guys next year.